Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And we are both struggling today. Uh, just <laughs> fair warning. As I delayed to say my own name. <laughs> <laughs> we both had doozy of a days prior to recording this episode. And just, it has been, I think for a lot of people, it was actually kind of a strange realization that for the previous three episodes as we were talking through the Olympics and just a lot of the controversy there, we said something in passing, I think two episodes ago, that kind of haunts me a little bit where we mentioned that Russia tends to bring up the idea of war and invasion around Olympic games when the world is paying attention to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, In a lot of cases, those things never come to fruition. Um, but they have, and, um, what is happening right now, uh, between Ukraine and Russia and the invasion of Ukraine, um, from Russian forces is, um, horrific. It is like, here's the thing. I'm just going to like, before we dive into what we were going to talk about really quick today, I just want to say if I can offer nothing else to anyone who is listening to this, you need to be very, very diligent about the information that you are consuming right now. And even with what we're talking about, misinformation spreads very easily. For instance, this is a little bit more of the, this is a positive thing. So I'm going to use it as an example, but there was a story over this previous weekend from when we recorded this episode where a Russian warship told members of the Ukrainian military or um, yes, the Ukrainian military um, were basically coming to take where you're at and um, you basically need to surrender or you could be killed. Mm-hmm. And they essentially responded um, Russian worship, go F yourself. And all of these people on social media were like, these are heroes because they, they lost their lives, basically telling them to go to hell and get, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all they're alive. Uh, the Ukrainian military, like the Ukrainian military and government has said that the individuals who said that message are alive and well at this point. Um, so there is misinformation even spread in this story about how these individuals had been killed and they were not. They are alive, which is great news. Yeah. But like, let this just be an example how easy it is for even something that you're sharing that you think is like positive. badass yeah. Yeah. to not well, be not positive. Sorry. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> no, but like a like a thing that I think a bunch of people, for instance, there was a fighter jet that like people on social media were like losing their minds about because this fighter jet had a, a, a allegedly taken down multiple uh, Russian 
uh, aircrafts and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. as it turns out, the story itself was not completely true, but it's this thing that people cling to where they're like, oh, this is a sad story, a hopeful story, a badass story. And they go share it. And I'm guilty of doing the same thing when I see something I get like excited about only to find out that like the story was only 50% true or not even true at all or whatever. I mean, videos are getting shared on TikTok at alarming rates that are not accurate. They're old. They're several years old. They're from other terrible um, invasions Mm -hmm. around this world. But like, I just think being diligent about what you consume and double checking your sources, being sure that what you are consuming is accurate. accurate. And also (laughs) I've seen a lot of people who do this thing that are like, I really don't know enough to speak on it. Then don't. Mm -hmm. If you do not know enough to speak on something, and I admittedly have to get better about this myself, if you do not know, then just don't. Just don't. That's generally the stance that I take. Um, There's been, and it's, I realize that with how fast things move, uh, especially with social media, that sometimes it can be difficult to do your research. Let's use the the, um, soldiers that were on that island again as the example. You see it, it's in a way it's a feel it's sad that, you know, we all thought that they had passed away, but you're excited because they basically had a huge middle finger to the Russian military. I get that in those moments that sometimes it can be hard to like take a pause. Cause you're like, this is badass. We support Ukraine type of a, a situation, but actually like taking the time to pause and like look into things, even if it's like a quick Google search, Mm -hmm. Um, just like, as we know, and if you haven't heard this before, I'm telling you now that misinformation uh, spreads like three to five times faster than factual information in the world that we live in. Um, So just keeping in mind that not everything may be as it appears. Um, And I think that honestly, if there, if there's a way that that we can help. Maybe it's to stop um, misinformation that's being spread around. Um, I obviously don't know enough to talk about Ukraine or how how we got here, but I'm reading as much as I possibly can to fully understand the extent of what's happening and why. I guess and, that's my whole point of what I was getting at in the beginning. And I think showing yourself and other people grace to know that mm-hmm. like not everyone can be an expert on something and sometimes allowing people to observe. Like I have admittedly not said enough about Ukraine on my own social media channels because like I just I, I in a lot of ways I, I don't like my my heart is with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I am in no way supporting any piece of the Russian government and what they are doing, also acknowledging that um, the Russian people, for the most part, don't want this. this, Um, And that's the other piece is watching the misinformation that is being spread from Russia. And there was a um, there are journalists who are trying really hard to get information out and bless journalists who are out there in the thick of things Mm -hmm. right now, trying to share accurate information, because if you want to talk about the scary part of state TV and like what Russian state TV is doing is it's making it seem like the Ukrainian people um, were basically being abused by their, um, their president. Um, Vladimir Putin, I never say his name, right. And he doesn't deserve me to say it. Right. So um, (laughs) um, he, 
he has accused Ukraine's president of being a Nazi when he's a Jewish man himself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, has had family who experienced and from my understanding, I believe lost family in the Holocaust. And it's just like to see how easy it is for one person to spread in the spread this misinformation. I think it's just a healthy reminder of double check all of your sources, Mm -hmm. especially on social media right now, because you might be seeing things where you're like, wow, there's some horrific responses on Twitter. I'm going to tell you right now, those might be bots. Yeah. And there's a good chance they are (laughs) that if we remember in the last election, we had interference from Russia specifically on specific social media platforms that were spreading at a rapid rate misinformation about everything, candidates, everything. Um, And there has been, if you're paying a little bit of attention, the propensity for that to be happening right now currently, um, just to skew people's opinions of what's actually happening by spreading misinformation that may be somewhat accurate, but maybe completely and totally entirely false. Also change your passwords and turn on two factor authentication because right now more than any time they're seeing a lot of um, hits. So just be mindful of your online presence as well. Um, If you were to say Aaron and Sasha, what does this have to do with anything sports related? Um, It doesn't, but kind of here, here we'll give you a a legitimate segue. Um, We wanted to go into this, but I'm going to be honest with you. So The day we are recording this is the start of Women's History Month, which is Mm -hmm. great, exciting. We are planning on spending the month ahead talking about different accomplishments of women in sports and history. Um, A little self-plug, I'm planning on doing some on my own TikTok as well. So we are going to have a lot through this month. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to just be honest that like right now feels really heavy and hard. Um, It's hard to kind of focus on things when it feels like the world is like I totally get when I see people, you know, joking that when they get an email, that's like, I hope this email finds you well. And it's like, uh, it does not. Yeah, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. Right <laughs> totally. Now. I'm not in a great place. Thanks, but, no. you know, obviously what's going on has affected what's happening in sports, but to mm-hmm. focus it very specifically on women's sports, um, we wanted to talk about the WNBA and we will talk about the WNBA beyond just this episode. It deserves much more than just this, but yeah. I do want to just point out, this is something that like, if, if you are not aware of, and in fact, um, I know volleyball has this as well, where volleyball players are, you know, play all over the world. Um, so there is some of that as well, but for, this is coming from ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, several WNBA players competing in Russia have made plans to leave following the invasion of Ukraine. This story is just a couple of days old. If you are not aware, the majority of, and I'm reading again from ESPN.com, this was written by uh, Michelle Vopel, the majority of the WNBA's players compete overseas in the winter months. So if you are not aware of that, a lot of these women travel overseas. They're not making, unfortunately, enough um, in the WNBA where they're then going and playing overseas, or they just want to continue to play outside of their season. But that goes into something else we are going to talk about. Um, But some players will be there as late as April or early May because the WNBA season begins early May around May, like for this year is May 6th. Mm -hmm. Um, These athletes are not being identified, obviously, for safety reasons, because talking about um, Russia and being critical is obviously a very scary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It it 
it just it's anyway. Um, so a number of these players are returning. Uh, the WNBA and Players Union released statements last week about being in constant communication with these players and their agents to make sure that they are safe, that they are able to get home safely. Um, the WNBA did not want to talk, did not want to expand on whether or not it was advising players to leave Russia. I want to just offer um, some commentary on that. Again, when you're talking about what is happening with how scary the situation is in Russia yeah. and how like if you see protesters out and like they're arresting people for just standing um, yep. it doesn't even matter if you're participating in the the protest itself they're trying to arrest journalists people who have press and their documentation and it's very scary right now so like the WNBA is not trying to put any of its athletes in some way dinner, so they're yeah. So they're just going to keep things very like high level when they're having these, these communications. Um, So the reason we wanted to bring that up is we actually received an email from sky, who is one of our longtime uh, listeners, a a good friend of the pod, (laughs) a good real life friend too. Um, Just pointing out that, you know, do people, realize that WNBA players basically play year round and don't really have an off season. And this is, this is true. I mean, like I just said, some of these, if, if they, depending on where they are, may return to the United States just before the WNBA tips off May 6th. And there's just no time off for them. They are in season. And when they're not in season, they're playing elsewhere it is, it is very different. Now, the NBA season is grueling too, but they do have a true off season. And that's not always the case for WNBA players. And that leads to burnout. It leads to injuries. It leads to a number of things. And again, a big reason for this is because you might be going, but they do have an off season. There are months that they're not playing, but again, they're ending up going and playing elsewhere Mm -hmm. in that time off. And that is something we have to kind of consider of like, I don't know. So this is a story that came from, um, in Arizona, it's came from sports sit 360 AZ about the off season decisions becoming harder and harder for WNBA stars. Um, this story was written by, um, Eliav Gabay. I apologize if I completely butchered a name, but, uh, did my best. Um, but like for a lot of them, they're not really looking forward to having to leave their families over Mm -hmm. the high, over the holidays to go play, um, overseas. They're calling it mentally. uh, It's just mentally and emotionally exhausting. They'd like to be there mentally and emotionally for their families. Um, trying to enjoy time off without having to stress about more in this, um, uh, a veteran center, Kia Vaughn said, trying to enjoy the time without stressing. I've been doing this for 13 years professionally, back and forth overseas, WNBA. I'm not sure how my wheels return, but hopefully they're in a good way. Um, so again, this is just, this is something that like this article itself shows that like these WNBA players are used to this. They're used to this being their schedules. Um, and there are organizations like Athletes Unlimited that are trying to develop options, more professional options in the United States. Um, but it's just 
it's not, it's not enough yet. And so they're, Mm -hmm. they're being forced to have to, and like, this is the stuff like, that's just wild. Like just womensports.com has a headline from October of last year that calls it the great migration. WNBA players had overseas for off season play. And the fact that it's just like, here, everybody goes like normal quote unquote. Can you imagine like, put this in like context for like anyone with a job. Can you imagine not mm-hmm. ever being able to ever take a day off, a week off, mm-hmm. an extended period of time off? You'd burn out yep. real quickly. And the fact that this is because there aren't as many options here in the United States for them to do off-season conditioning and training, they feel like they have to to keep up to, you know, in tip-top physical shape or be conditioned or still have playing time, feel like they have to go overseas and never having yeah. time off. And seeing your family even less when you have to go overseas for an extended period of time, any extended period of time, that Mm -hmm. sounds awful. And this is from JustWomenSports.com. So again, that story that is on the Great Migration, it it dives into the reasoning. And I, I think a lot of people don't. And so this was what Sky's email was about is do people realize what the WNBA is asking of its players or not like necessarily asking of its players, but if you want to be a professional um, women's basketball player, mm-hmm. what is being asked of you to make this possible? So there's obviously a financial gain. If you go play overseas, there's, that's a big driving factor for why many women are doing this. The WNBA season is relatively short. It's six months. Um, so that means they go and play elsewhere to be able to um, increase their the money that they're making. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that ends up giving them these 12 month schedules just to make a decent living. And when you also factor in that, like the, your early 40s about, is about the cutoff as far as how long you're playing, because, and again, Just Women Sports said this the endless cycle means injuries, burnout, mental health issues, family separation, and other hardships that weighs so heavily on these players. Um, you're talking like they have a limited amount of time to be playing this game. They're playing it almost year round for, you know, in some cases, like you heard me say, 13, 14 years. Um, but by the time they get through it, they're just like, right. Yeah. So, um, done. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, we know that like athletes. Okay. So just to go back really quick, the NB, the WNBA was founded. Um, let me, I had all of this stuff open. So April 24th, 1996, women's basketball announced this. We got next as the NBA Board of Governors approved the concept of a women's national basketball association, the WNBA, to begin play in June of 1997. Um, And so the league celebrated its 25th season in 2021. So that's just a little bit of a backstory. But here's the thing. You you're looking at these athletes who honestly, they just want to make, they want to make a living. They, Mm -hmm. they want to be able to do their job. And I'm looking up the average average salary. salary, Actually. Perfect. In 2022, but I mean, there's cap, um, but the highest paid um, WNBA player was just under 230,000. And so the average WNBA player makes around 120 120. to $121,000 a year. The average NBA salary is $7.7 million. Mm -hmm. Um, That is from the, that is from 2020. So it looks like it's about the same looking into 2020 as well, or 2020 into 2021 as well. Um, So 
you might be going, well, that's a whole heck of a lot more money than I make. But again, that is the average. That is not for your all. Career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're thinking about like, okay, somebody who's just starting out, um, they're playing a lot of hours for not a lot of money. Um, in 2020, so like, they finally increased the average salary to nearly 130. So like, it's not guaranteed, but you're not going to, I mean, you, it's around 130,000. I mean, if you're married or in a, a partnership, I mean, that you're probably making more than your average with combined salaries um, than the average WNBA player. <laughs> and what Sasha's That's talking ridiculous. about is so the, and the WNBA, they, so what she's referring to with the changes that they made is the WNBA has a new CBA as of 2020 and this increased their salaries, not a lot, but mm-hmm. increased it insured maternity leave, which I just, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and also improved their marketing and travel for the league. This is coming from insider or businessinsider.com. Um, so these were negotiations where the maximum salary is now $215,000, which is nearly a hundred thousand dollar increase. Again, that's just what the maximum offering is. They can now earn up to $300,000 more in league marketing agreements, which are designed to keep them from needing to go play overseas. Um, they could, it, so now they have the all-star game participation in mid-season tournament victories, which again, those have paydays and different things, but Again, it's just, okay, this is, I'm reading for Business Insider. For years, WNBA players argued for a portion of the league's revenues commensurate with which that of which NBA players receive. While often misconstrued as a bid for the millions of dollars stars like LeBron James and Steph Curry take home each season, the women's players simply lobbied for a greater percentage of the pie. Whereas James and Curry have long enjoyed a 50-50 revenue split with the NBA, the WNBA's figure has hovered around 20%. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people misunderstand when the WNBA players ask for something, they think like, oh, they're just trying to they get money more money. Their-. And it's interesting because this actually extends into women's collegiate basketball as well, because I posted a video on TikTok <sighs> celebrating the fact that ESPN had sold out of all of its mm-hmm. advertising for the Women's March Madness Tournament. And the amount of men that came to my mention so pressed over this to be like, it doesn't mean anything. It's cheap. Who cares? This is a bad investment. Women's basketball is crap. I hate women's basketball. The fact that so many men felt so comfortable basically telling people that they hate women so openly on the Internet Mm -hmm. is wild to me when they're misunderstanding what I was celebrating. I'm not talking about, hey, get rid of the men's tournament. They suck. That's not it. It was just as simple like, hey, this is amazing to see these advertisers coming into supporting the women just like we assumed that they would Mm -hmm. when given the opportunity. Again, it goes into what we're talking about with the WNBA. They're not asking for more from the NBA. They're asking for a greater share of what they are already doing. Exactly. And just to make this super clear too, the uh, CBA wasn't like renegotiated. It didn't look like I'm on NBC sports.com until 2020. Why did it take until 2020 to give them minimum anything? That's ridiculous. Yeah, And I should say the CBA did take that 20% figure and now has the potential 50, 50 split. Again, it's potential. It's not guaranteed, but I mean, it's like Sasha was saying, how did it take till 2020 for them to get the bare minimum? (laughs) 
nursing mothers having right. appropriate accommodations. Um, players now can have family planning costs is so uh, potentially covered from adoption, fertility treatment, egg freezing, like. Tra- like this is wild to me the travel, travel accommodations were an issue <laughs> yeah it's it's literally the bare minimum like yeah, they were, were seated for travel. Like six foot eight players put in a middle seat <laughs> yeah yeah it's I just th- like it's just frustrating i like, think that something that gets super frustrating just in women's sports in, in general i mean yes we're talking about WNBA right now took till 2020 to get the bare minimum of certain things that they that any other in their male counterpart of sports have been having forever then you look at what happened with women's soccer and then i went into the comment section like they they got kind of what they were asking for at least very close but they won their argument. They're going to be paid and compensated more, which is amazing. And people in the comment sections of every single one of those stories, oh, you can't have it both ways. They were mad because they asked for this and then they didn't meet their goal of this. And it's like, why are we doing that? Why are we diminishing anything that ha- like, it's like every single thing that has to do with women's sports for some reason you've got typically, it's not always white men, but it's a lot of white men are in the comments bitching about everything. It's a lot of y'all. It's like <laughs> 90% white dudes. What are you pressed over? No one's forcing you to, to do no anything. Asking you to watch anything you don't want to watch. Right. Like the Just, one that was really horrifying to me is there was a man who came along that was like girls basketball, stupid. And I looked at his profile and I was, I had been deleting and blocking, which mm-hmm. I will give her credit. Um, she has a show on the Herd Media Network called uh, Innocent Till Tipsy. Mm. Um, but Danielle had messaged me and been like, hey, you know, sometimes, you know, hate, hater comments are not a bad thing. They can actually help boost your. And I was like, I agree with you. Like, if, if it is just like them being a hater, like that's yeah. one thing. But this was like, this You're was a, so misogynist. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I'm less worried about me seeing this and more worried about like someone else seeing it, like some mm-hmm. young woman or girl witnessing this conversation and suddenly now thinking things aren't possible for them because of what they're witnessing or feeling yeah. less than. So I'm like, if, if it teeters into a world of that, I got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And one of them was this individual and I should not have. I shouldn't have even responded to him, but I went into his profile and he had us a daughter in all of his videos. So I'm like, what would your daughter, what would you say to your daughter if she wants to play basketball? And his response was, she already knows it sucks. And it's like, that makes me so sad because made my skin crawl. It does because it's disgusting behavior. It is because here's the thing for his daughter. His daughter will grow up and she may feel similarly to her dad, but chances are chances are she's going to be in school and now she looked pretty young so it's like she still hasn't gotten to an age where it's like she's starting to be around others Mm -hmm. to make these like decisions for herself but let's say she gets into school and she starts to see some of her friends play basketball and she wants to play basketball but her dad is very openly talking about how much this thing that she does and participates in sucks Mm -hmm. he is literally setting their relationship up to not exist because at some point she's going to say, I don't want this 
toxic behavior, or he's going to potentially push her away from something that she could enjoy because that's what he truly believes, unless he's just being an asshole on the internet, which I guarantee is not the case in some way, subconsciously, or obviously consciously, if you're saying it out loud, believes that. But to think that people like that have children that like, I can't imagine not feeling like I couldn't be myself. Like I'm, I'm very privileged in that way. Like that's insane to me. What are we doing? (laughs) Another person tried to come along and be like, this is his beliefs. He's allowed to believe that like whatever. And it's like, but he's still going to, he's still going to put damage and harm and trauma on his child because he has whatever complex he has about women's sports. And Mm -hmm. it's just, if he has a sister, did he tell his sister when they were growing up? Oh, women's basketball sucks. And it's, it's it's sad because like, I'm glad that you said that because I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, I I made this comment as well to somebody else where I'm like, you shouldn't have to have a mother, a sister, a daughter, anything to like, just recognize that that women deserve like the bare minimum. And like, I like, here's, here's the thing. I did not delete these comments. If someone came along was like, Hey, women's basketball is not my thing, but good for them. That's great. Like that's, awesome like a lot of times it's as simple as like this isn't for me i'll be honest i don't like nascar i don't like cars like i but i'm not yelling about it on the internet i'm not coming along and being like this sport's stupid why do any of you like it like i'm not doing that because like just because it's not my thing doesn't mean that like it's not someone else's thing we did a whole episode on allowing people to like what they like we did a whole episode on that Like, it doesn't matter if you agree with it, like, in terms of this specific topic, like, then just keep scrolling. Why do you have to be a jerk? And, you know, say nothing. I see this on Facebook quite a bit. Like when I post things for Hale Varsity, specifically around women's basketball, I don't know how many times I see people who are like, I sure wish more Nebraska women's games would be on television. I'm like, all right settle in if you want more women's games on television you've got to start showing up for them Mm -hmm. and you don't get to play this game of like i like it sometimes but i don't like it other times i only like it here but i don't like it there i there are times where like i'm just scrolling through the channels because nothing's on and i see you know the michigan women's basketball team is playing somebody and i'm just like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna stop for a minute and watch and sometimes you get a heck of a good game you're like oh this is actually like You know, I I didn't know anything about either of these two teams, but they're playing very competitively right now. And I'm very interested. Like you have to make space for women's sports, because when you do, you are going to show whomever put this put this on TV. But I mean, it's as simple as like, okay, and there's so much we could dive into. And we have a we have a lot in the months ahead. But like, just use this as an example. The Nebraska sports like the, the NSAA, the Nebraska sports athletic it's the high school yeah um yes, i yes. never know what the nsaa stands for i <laughs> apologize the nsaa nsaa um Nash- I, it's nebraska, nebraska school Sp- activities association that's it that's <laughs> it i always want to be like nebraska state like i don't know um that's not their fault it's mine um but they for state wrestling put the girls wrestling in with the boys wrestling. They're like, we <laughs> putting on state wrestling is a heck of an event. Like if you've never been to a wrestling meet, just even just like a duel or anything, like it's a lot to put on wrestling meets. And when you talk about like a tournament of some kind, mm-hmm. a big championship, it's a lot. So like, you know what? 
we're combining it all. We're putting the boys and the girls and the girls will wrestle. They'll do, you know, four different boys weight classes and then they'll have a couple of girls weight classes. And then a couple like mm-hmm. it was honestly, it flowed very nicely. It was totally fine. There were people who took issue with that because they're like, I don't want to watch the girls on my TV. Are they going to are they going to separate these in the future? Basically wanting them to hold an entirely separate girls wrestling state championship. Um, independent of the boys because they don't want to watch it. And my thought process is if you don't want to watch the girls wrestle during that, like seven minutes that it's on your television, go do something else for seven minutes. Literally like go outside. (laughs) It's, it's not hard to like, just remove yourself from the situation for a moment and just be like, you know what? I don't need to be a terrible person today because here's the thing. Maybe when the day comes that like, state wrestling, which is only in its first year as a sanctioned sport in Nebraska. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a day five years down the road where they're like, we have so many girls wrestling. We have to have a separate tournament, but yeah, (laughs) that would be amazing on board But right now, especially as they're building visibility for it. This is actually a really great way to grow the sport is for these, these girls to be on this stage. Dude. And I will can you say, imagine like someone's little girls watching this and they're like, oh my gosh, I can do that. I can participate in this sport. Like just that visibility for that alone. I mean, yes, we need to, we need to televise both of them, but I think that's super badass. but like just the implications of more little girls or, you know, female identifying folks see more people like them on the screen doing the things that they may want to do, but you know, like I actually, we have a family friend whose daughter was in wrestling this year. And I was like, you are, that's so freaking cool. I wish I would have seen that when I was a kid. Cause I totally would have gotten into wrestling. That's badass. And I just want to point out, and this is the kind of stuff where it's like, y'all need to just check yourselves. Um, for those people, uh, I, I'm not gonna, <laughs> It's just so funny. There are people who are like critical of those things and then they follow me on Twitter. And it's so funny to me because um, did did y'all realize that the person who did the voiceover intro for the uh, wrestling championships, that was me. That voice you heard, it was mine. I welcomed you to the state wrestling championships and you haven't the nerve to sit there and be critical, follow me and all that stuff. And it's like, come on now. Like, I just long story short, because like, here's the thing when we to kind of loop this back to the WNBA really quick and why it's so important to support women's sports. So, so many people like Kalia Copper, um, she, she helped the Chicago sky win a WNBA championship. Um, did you know you can't buy her Jersey anywhere? Um, this is not a, like, this is not an old situation. Like, this is not something I'm reading from like October. This is from the end of January. Um, I appreciated this tweet from WNBA Philly who said, some of y'all are new to the WNBA. So let me explain. Copper is the reigning MVP and you cannot buy her Jersey anywhere. In fact, of the 144 players in the WNBA, you can only buy the Jersey of nine of them. That's so nine players. Nine. Let me go log into the WNBA store now and just like take a little gander really quick. Like that's frustrating. You come in, it says support the W all year long. How am I supposed to do that if I can't buy like obviously and I'm not surprised. 
the very first, the very first jersey I see when I open their jersey store, Sue Bird. That makes a ton of sense. Um, of course you'd have Sue Bird, but like there's just not, I mean, I can put any name I want on them, I guess, but there's just, I mean, it's this is also kind of hard to like navigate through. <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm glad to, I mean, I think it's hopeful to hear that at, at the very least you can, but this isn't. I mean, it literally is the very least you can design and have the jersey of your choosing created. Um, but that's still 144 players and you've got nine. Can you imagine any men's sports team having that? The uproar, the sheer uproar that it would cause people would crack fights. I mean, I just want to I just want to point out like this is this is enough for me. Um Daniel Sorensen, who's a safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, I was able to buy his jersey. Like, it's not that Daniel Sorensen's not great and whatever. Now mm-hmm. you could argue if he is or not. I know plenty of people who don't think he's a great defensive player. And look, leave the person that I know is not related to me, but leave him alone because I need my jersey to continue being wearable. <laughs> um, but like, I could go buy his jersey. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, come on. He's a safety on my team. Not that safeties don't matter, but it's not like he's the quarterback. Like, come on. If I can go buy the safety of the Kansas City Chiefs jersey, like you can figure it out to make a bunch of jerseys for the WNBA. But the thing that we really have to figure out, and I think I think if you were to ask yourself, like, especially during Women's History Month and beyond, like, what can I do? Think of the think of the women who are making decisions like um Astu Nador, who will be sitting out um, the upcoming season, upcoming 2022 season, um, because she just wants to take a year off after playing year round for several years. Uh, Sky actually sent us this article as well. She just wants a break. It's Mm -hmm. been nonstop. Um, She's been in the WNBA for six years. She's been with the Sky for three now. Um, She's just tired. And like, it makes me sad that like, especially when we think about the WNBA, that players are having to just be like, I can't, could you imagine, could you imagine if LeBron James did that or it just any, there would be swift changes immediately. Yeah. If any NBA player was like, I'm exhausted. I have to take a season off because this schedule is too grueling for me. It's too overwhelming. I'm, I'm being run ragged. Like, yep. It, that's why we bring up these conversations because of the stark differences in the, in the, in the male counterparts of the same sport. Yes. It's not because like whatever, whatever your assumption is <laughs> um, it's because it, just like looking into things and then realizing how vastly different things are and mm-hmm. the disparities, disparities that there are between men and women's sports, professional collegiate or otherwise needs to be talked about because if we don't talk about it, then you don't realize it's one, you either don't realize it's happening or two, it's really easy to forget if it's not Mm -hmm. talked about out of sight, out of mind. Right. Don't confuse it as like, this is kind of what happened with my TikTok. is it's not to be confused with saying that we are trying to, and this happens a lot when I talk about how I want to, I want more women in sports media. I want more people of color in sports media. People take that as like, well, you're trying to get rid of all the white men. No, no. Um, the table's big enough. Instead of, uh, instead Balance. of putting your sh- shoulders out like this, 
pull up another chair, make a little bit more space. We have plenty of room. More people can be at the table. It's just like, I don't need the NBA to change, but I need the WNBA to be able to match the NBA. Mm-hmm. And when people come at you with, this is the other, and we'll leave you with this, but this is the stuff that you have to think about is when we bring these things up and somebody inevitably wants to go, well, revenue, when I then go and support the fact that ESPN was able to sell out of all of its advertisement for the women's March Madness tournament, do not come into the mentions and then talk about how it doesn't matter because um, they're they, it's probably all like they're all just being woke and blah, 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 blah. Your argument has always been. Uh, if the women want the same, they should get the same advertising. They should get all of this stuff. And well, then when they go get that bag, you're pissed. And then you're mad. It, it, it can't be both. And so, again, yeah. don't miss. Con- don't confuse what we're asking as like saying the men don't deserve what they're getting. That's not it at all. I'm not asking for the NBA to suddenly. I just would like to see the WNBA be more just to be more to be better yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of the big thing where it's like if we were to take anything from Women's History Month, but then beyond is just educating yourself. And I mean, I admittedly have to do a better job of looking into all kinds of sports, but just yeah, educating yourself on the discrepancies and the areas where like we can ask for more improvement. So like if you learn today that the WNBA, these players are basically playing year round and you're like, I did not know that then ask yourself how you can make yourself more aware of these things. How can you support? What can you do to show up? If this is important to you, or even if it's not, then the next time you see it's important to someone else learning how to just shut your mouth and let them be excited about something and move on with your day. Mm -hmm. These are things where it's like, just allow people to one, be excited about things, want things, but then also just like, just recognizing that the success of one thing does not mean that the other thing suddenly is no longer successful. There's room for everyone to see success and feel to feel important, to feel compensated correctly for their time. Like I just, yeah, I I don't understand like what's hard about that, but like putting it that way, I think is perfectly put like, why, why shouldn't the person standing next to you, who's working just as hard as you, if not, I mean, if not harder at sometimes, why should they not be compensated for this, the hard work that they're doing? So all we're, all we're trying to say, that's all we're trying to say. We have a lot, we have a lot ahead. We are like, thank you sky for one sending these things. The WNBA is super, is a super great league to pay attention to. And we will certainly circle back to it. I would just say this, this week. And as we look forward through this month, be careful of your, be careful of your information that you're consuming. Be careful of misinformation, take care of yourselves. Um, It's okay. If you have to step away, I understand that's a privilege, but also at the same time, uh, change can't be made by tired by people who are overworked and tired. So take a, take a beat if you need it. But also, like, do something this week to support women's sports. I don't know what that looks like for you. It could be just, hey, my daughter has a game and I'm going to show up and be the most excited parent there. Perfect. Perfect. We love it. We love (laughs) to see it. Um, It could be watching the um, any of the conference uh, women's basketball tournaments, the Big Ten. Obviously, I'm aware of that. You could watch the Big Ten women's tournament. But whatever the case is, do something this week to support women's sports and that could also just be going and reading an article where you're like, I was not aware of this, but yes, it absolutely. goes a long way. 
Well, we appreciate you as always. If there's any topics, especially in Women's History Month that you want us to cover, like Sky did and sent us a really great email, shoot us a note at mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. You can also tweet at us. I'm at Aaron Sorensen. Sasha is at Sasha72. We love to hear from you. Um, and we will be back next week with more. And hopefully our brains will be less combobulated. Yeah, like, sorry about whatever. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Hey, it's Aaron. And Sasha. Sasha. (laughs) I'm here. I think I'm here. I don't know. I might not be here. Um, I'm physically here. It's going to have been a fever dream for all I know. It's all a fever dream. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be back next week. We appreciate you. Um, shoot Shoot us notes. We love to hear from you. And thank you as always. We'll talk to you later. Bye. A Huda Media Production.